So good to see everybody here at New Life today. Amen. Part eight of the Promise series. And the Lord has really just worked on us and our, the Promise message here at New Life Fellowship. If you haven't been through the equip class called The Promise, well, you're getting a lot of that here in this series. And this particular day, amen, has to do with the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And so I, I'd like to just make a few statements out front, and I know the title says something different, but that's a good title. My house, my rules, question mark. Anybody ever heard that statement before? My house, my rules? Amen. And, and in our culture right now, that's not a popular statement because nobody really likes rules when you get down to it. We don't care. I mean, we know they're needed or there's going to be chaos. We understand that. But the spirit behind some of the rules that are in play are frustrating, to say the least. Amen. It's not in his nature to hurt anybody. He is in love with everybody, and yet he is the judge. Isn't that interesting? Amen. And so he's after the, the spirit of darkness, every lie. He wants to put it down. And so that being said, he's, he's got some house rules that are interesting. and just want to take a moment today and talk to you about his house rules and what they look like. Now, if you're, if you're not experiencing amen, the kingdom of God, or if your walk and your follow with Jesus Christ is not an experience, amen, of the kingdom of God, then you're probably not following him. Is that okay? Would that be a potentially a true statement? If you look at the Bible as being, amen, the written word of God, it might be a true statement there. Now, in our following him, do we go through stuff? Amen. Do we experience stuff that just, oh man, it's a bad experience to us. But whatever the challenges are in our life, the Lord has set this thing up that whatever we're going through, we can actually experience a knowing of God's innocence on our life, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He set us up all to do that. Now the enemy would He's working overtime to get us to doubt that and get frustrated with the fact that, man, I'm looking for one of these good days, you know, to come by. And all that God's asking from us is to trust him in the moment, in the moment, because he's designed every one of us to hear, to speak, and then to see. Let me, let me, let me encourage you. He or she that hath an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. It's a very important statement there because he, addressed, he asked that several times. God is asking us as his children to listen and follow. Amen. And so there's something about my ability to hear what God is saying that's so valid today. And if I'll say what I'm hearing him say, then all of a sudden vision, I can see. Anybody want to see what the Lord's doing? Amen. So we're fighting the good fight of faith. Faith comes by hearing what the Spirit is saying. Amen. In the moment. And then trusting Him regardless of what we see that looks messed up. It might look like, man, 
we're going to be taken down. It, that, what's coming at us? Uh, but if we listen and then we re, and we agree with what he's saying, all of a sudden it's like Elijah saying to God, says, open my servant's eyes so he can really see what's going on. And when his servant, y'all had read that story, you need to read that because Elijah sees something that the servant don't see because the servant sees trouble. Oh, man, we're going to be taken, we're going to be taken out. And he's freaking out, and, and, and Elijah says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what's going on. And the Lord opened his eyes. He saw the heavenly host standing there. And what he saw as destruction couldn't happen because God set the parameters. God's already set the parameters in our world, in our life. He started something, and he's just asking us to trust him on the journey. And so I just want to spend a few moments today to encourage everybody that uh, God is in charge, and, and if he's not in charge, we're, we're in trouble, right? Can we all agree with that? The statement, my house, my rules, have been used to manipulate, to control, and in, and in some cases as an excuse to discourage others from hanging out too long at the house. True? Uh, I do know that if you was to go visit, you've heard me talk about her often, my grandma Wallace. She had, she, she, she had, she, it was her house, it was her rules, but when you went there, you didn't ever want to leave because, man, ah, the dynamic of being in her presence and being encouraged and especially how she just entertained everybody. Amen. It, it, you didn't mind her having rules in her house. And I can assure you today, the Lord's even better than Grandma Wallace at that because she was taking on his demeanor, his likeness, his dynamic, and it was attractive. Well, the same thing with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. His house, his rules. And, and what I like about the fact that the Lord's in charge here is because in his house, he's already set the parameters and he's the one that submitted. He's the one that gave it all up. He's the one that set this thing up for all his kids to be able to come to him and enjoy the best and be able to play and have a good time in his presence. Amen. His house, his rules. Amen. And so it isn't his desire today because he loves you so much that anyone in this room seek his approval. God's not interested in you seeking God's approval. Amen? You've already been approved. How do you know that? He went to a cross and died on your behalf, paid your debt off. He's not asking for you to do anything, amen, to try to live up to his approval. He's the one that lived up to you being approved of him. He's already done the work. He's already paid the debt. If that don't give someone hope today, amen, uh, you're, you're just haven't turned your ears on to what the Spirit is saying because get this, again, I can't reveal anything to anybody today, but you can have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. Amen. I'm, I, I promise you I'm not looking for you to say, preacher, you preach good today. I'm not looking for that. I, I'm just looking forward to getting the burden of the Word of the Lord off of me and the things he's working in my spirit. I want to give it away and hopefully between you and him, amen, you'll hear what he's saying because he knows how to give it away right and he's just looking for us to trust him in the process of being his servants. Amen? So God wants to show you. He wants you to hang out with him. Amen? And show you what's going to happen. Amen? 
and you'll be right in the middle of the mix because that's how we share in his glory with him. Amen. And so for the next few moments, let's look at um, how Jesus establishes his house rules. After Jesus had been unfairly charged, sentenced, and unmercifully mutilated by his accusers, notice what he does. And I'm reading from Luke 23 20, and 34. I want to read some scripture today to let you see this is actually in the Bible. Jesus does this. While they were nailing him to the cross, in verse 34, he prayed over and over. In the original Greek, he, he prayed intensely. He passionately, intensely. And it infers that he wanted to make sure that this prayer was on point. He prayed over and over, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. And right in the middle of him dying our death, he is releasing mercy in the process and praying for those who accused him. So Paul is feeling inadequate as he preaches Jesus Christ and him crucified. He feels insignificant. He don't feel like I'm worthy to even talk about this good news message because of my own personal flaws and, and failures in life. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians 2 and 1. My brothers and sisters, when I first came to you to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refuse to come as an expert, expert trying to impress you with my eloquent speech and, and lofty wisdom. For while I was with you, I, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah. And I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. Amen. The only message that provides what our world needs is revealed in one event, the crucified Messiah. The only message that matters because that's where the debt was paid and that's where hope comes from. What is about this one topic, Jesus, the crucified Messiah, that captivated Paul's undivided attention. What is it that just really got him? And so Paul writes something that is intriguing here in, in Romans 8, 18, and the passage translated, he says this way, I am convinced that any suffering we endure is less than nothing compared to the magnitude of glory that is about to be unveiled within us. Paul's let, he's writing this about you and him, us. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Amen. And we've been in a series called The Promise over the past few months, and um, this is so key because in order for you, amen, to be able to position yourself in the right attitude and posture, that experience is top tier. It's really the only way you can step into being a witness on his behalf. 
Can anybody agree with that reality? Without the empowering presence and experience of Jesus Christ baptizing us with spirit and with fire, I can't be who he designed me to be. But with God, which means with the Holy Spirit, I can do through Christ who, wow. And so he came with some house rules and it's all about you becoming, it's all about you, his house rules, amen, his house, his rules, is all about you becoming because he submitted. All about you enjoying the best that he offers, not because you was ever good at any time, but because he was good and he submitted. Isn't that awesome? That there's nothing that humanity can do today that equals good that can ever be deserving of the kingdom of God. Nothing. He's in that much of love with you and I. Amen. There's nothing good, but we can do something. We can say, yes, Lord. I can, I, can in, I can agree with what he's saying. I love you. Will you come to me? But I'm not good enough for you to pick up. And, and, but, but, but please let me have you. I, I want you as you are. Okay, yes, Lord. And he takes us as we are. Amen. After we've been beat up with all the lies that the enemy says we aren't. Jesus is devoted to finishing what he started in every life. There are specific dynamics, however, that must be in play in order for him to be able to do what he needs to do and fulfill his purpose. Certain dynamics have to be in play. I don't know about y'all. Do anybody have their favorite cake? You got your favorite cake and like after service, I'd love to have a slice of my favorite cake. Everybody has a favorite cake. But you know, in order for you to have a slice of that favorite cake, there's certain ingredients that have to be in play. Correct? And you, you must put them together correctly with the right amounts. There's some heat involved, some stirring. There's a process in order for you to get to that place where you can actually sit down, take that cup of coffee, whatever it is. Right? And experience your favorite piece of cake. Amen? Don't just happen. There's some dynamics that have to be in play for that to happen. So what are three key ingredients that facilitate a life of fulfillment as a follower of Christ? One is this. Know that you belong to him. Number one, you have to know. You have to know. You can't know that unless you experience. This knowing's intimate. You can only experience. I don't know how, but I know. I'm not questioning it. I want to, but man, I've had an experience. I don't have to question it. I know. I belong to him. Anybody agree with that? Is that? Would that be an important ingredient if you're going to be effective as the temple of the Holy Spirit? That you know you belong to him. And it's amazing how that when you let him in, you know that. Amen? You're not guessing. 
You can talk about it, how he came in. I can't explain it. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory, and the half had yet been told, and my goodness, and if you hadn't experienced what, and you just go off on a testimony how good that is. And you know that you belong to him. I would rather be able to say that than to, I heard someone else say that, you know, you belong to Christ. Well, I heard them say I belong. So I confess that I belong to Christ, and, but I didn't really experience it. I said it because I was kind of, I kind of was attracted to them. They could talk well, and, and they, they read a scripture, and I agreed with it, but I didn't experience it. Is that going on today in our world? And people are frustrated. The second, well, let, let, me, let me just read this to you in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Isn't that interesting? That if I truly belong to him and I know that, I won't stifle him from manifesting in my life. And not that I haven't done that before. I've done that more than I want to talk about. But when you know this is good, the second thing that the second ingredient that facilitates you being a follower of Christ today is that uh, you know that you are a minister of reconciliation. Everybody in this room is a minister of reconciliation. No, Pastor, I'm a saint. I, I'm not a minister. <laughs> no, you are a minister. It's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5 18. He's writing the letter to those that are saints. This letter is written to the saints. And God hath made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us. Corinthian church, baby church, given us the ministry of reconciliation to God. Amen. Everybody God puts in your path, God designed you. If you would know that you belong to him, that as you host his presence through you, he can reconcile others to himself. Isn't that awesome that God would choose me and you with all the baggage we got to actually reach through us, encourage someone else, hey man, to give him a try. Let him come hug them. But he's limited himself. He's limited himself to touching their lives. Amen. Come on. He sends angels on assignment every day. He's sending them on assignment. But he's limited himself to actually reaching them because he needs someone with an ear and someone with a mouth that will say what he's saying. He needs a preacher. If you can't have a, the preacher's got to be sent. How did the preacher get sent? He was filled. She was filled with the Spirit. Amen. And the Spirit prompted them and they went forth. They knew who they were in him and they allowed his Spirit, amen, to reach forth and reconcile someone to Christ. That's pretty powerful. That's, that's the second ingredient if you, want, if you want to achieve, amen, this connection and hosting God's presence on the level that he's called you to. And most Christians in our world right now are frustrated and full of anxiety because they haven't yet come to realize who they are in him, number one. And secondly, they haven't trusted the fact that God didn't just call Paul and Peter and James and John. He did set gifts up in the church to equip the body for what? The work of the ministry. What's the ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. The people in your life, God's after them, and you have influence with them, which makes you a leader. 
Amen. And your influence with them is there for one objective, that your daddy gets glory and honor. Who's your daddy? And if Jesus is my daddy, people are going to be reconciled to him. If he's not my daddy, correct? Probably going to hurt somebody's feelings here shortly. Follow me? We're either going to serve one or the other. It's reality, ladies and gentlemen. The third ingredient, amen, that helps us facilitate a life of fulfillment as a follower of Christ is know that you are stewards of God's grace. Know that you are stewards of God's grace. Amen. First uh, Peter 4 and 10. We talked about this a few weeks ago. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Again, God will limit himself, amen, to our availability so that others can experience his grace. But I want to knock them out right now. Anybody ever felt like that before? And that's real. And probably those times are our greatest opportunity for grace to be revealed and put on display. We, we agree on that. I've been put in that position a few times in my life too. Amen? So ministering grace and reconciliation includes our willingness to allow the Holy Spirit to take lead in our lives so that he can manifest. At the end of the day, we can all say together as his children, sons and daughters, amen, look what the Lord has done. Correct? And so we position ourselves so that we can see our daddy at work doing what he loves to do. Who's doing the work? He's doing. Faith without works is. I must encourage you again today before we go in for just a few more minutes. Have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying. Then trust what you hear and say it with him. Be his mouthpiece. Any good father and mother, any good father and mother, which can't match to his goodness, they want their children to see what they can do on their behalf in serving them. Would that be true? Amen? If, if your son or your daughter asks for fish, you don't give them a serpent. Right? How much more will your heavenly father, if you'll ask for the Holy Spirit, which you all and we all need, how much he will give us the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm going to tell y'all, there's been more times than I count on hands, and I, I can't even write the number down, of the times I needed the Holy Spirit just time after time. And if I didn't ask for it, I got a spirit all right. It's almost like I laid the Holy Spirit down and picked up another spirit. I've done that, y'all. I'm just, look, am I preaching at nobody here today? Every, every Sunday and every time I get a chance to encourage somebody, I, I always have to use the guy in the mirror because that's a bad guy. That guy got some baggage. That guy's got some history. And that guy will always convince me, amen, to think about how I can work. Anybody a plan of action, pro, pro, protocols, amen, try to figure out how to win this thing? It don't work that way. 
you got to keep that guy under because that's not the real you. And the enemy wants to try to convince you that's the real you. The real you is trying to be manifested. What, and this is what the Lord said through Paul, that the earth is on its tiptoes looking. The universe is on its tiptoes looking for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. And this manifestation relies totally. This is light and easy. It's not hard. Totally depends on the Holy Spirit presence. Oh, I need Jesus. And if it's not working this way, we need to reevaluate how we get Jesus, don't we? If I'm still getting fleshly heartburn, which is real, I need to reevaluate, well, okay, Lord, what am I doing wrong here? And, and sometimes we got some old leaven that's in the lump that needs to be purged. We've got some preaching and we've got some Bible reading with private interpretation. We've got all kind of stuff that kind of facilitates us not living up to the fact that this thing's light and easy. Okay? I know that firsthand. I want to encourage somebody. But always going back to the place where the Lord has lead in my life is huge. Amen? Has anybody ever felt like quitting before? You know, it's real. It, that don't stop. And so when we know we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit is able to do two things. One, this is, These are the two things I want to point out. It's important as we close it here in the next few moments. And number one is host the fruit of the Spirit. That's the first thing. Host the fruit of the Spirit. Host the fruit of the Spirit. What is that, what is that, what is that align with? Stewards of the manifold grace of God. Stewards of the manifold grace of God carry the fruit of the Spirit. Got to get this. So that when you get slapped, amen, you're able to return aggression with kindness and turn the other cheek. Now, was there ever been anybody that could live up turning the cheek 490 times in one day? Well, yeah, not, no, 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 no humanity, but Jesus. Jesus is probably, that's, that's, he probably did that in one day. When you go look at his, what he went through, his, the accusations, the mutilation, all he went through, it was probably 490 times in one day. And he turned the other cheek with the fruit of the Spirit every time. Y'all catching this? And he was a revelation, an example of what stewarding the grace of God looks like. And how do we know him? How do we really know? Okay, I, I, I get filled with the Spirit. I think I, 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 through the Spirit, I know that I belong to him, but I know him in the fellowship of his. Does that mean we're going to get slapped? Does that mean we're going to be abused? Does that mean we're going to be treated unfairly? Yes. Absolutely, unequivoc unequivocally, Stupid is going to happen in all of our lives, but God has given us something great. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Is that true? And when we make sure that we focus on the one that we're hosting, amen, is the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's got his house. It's his house. It's his rules, right? But I want to knock them out, Lord. No, my rules say, no, you turn, turn the other cheek, son. But it, mm, mm, okay, are you going to trust me? If you will listen and you will speak, you will see. Trust me.
Amen? Uh, I, I know everybody in this room is, is being challenged with this in our world right now. Everybody. Nobody is exempt from being tested in your identity in Christ. Nobody. And many, many, many feel like, man, this is so unfair. This ain't right. And, and there's some truth to that. But because of what he did for me and you, he's asking us a question. I did it for you. Will you do it for me? And I hadn't met very many people. When you, when you really hear that in the spirit, you really hear that. It's like, yeah, Lord, you got me. Yeah, I'm all in. Let's do this. And we mean that with sincerity. But you can't continue to do that unless you are always mindful of hosting his presence. That's why praying without ceasing is top tier. You know, you're always in a spirit of prayer. You're always listening. You're always postured to say, yes, Lord, as you walk through the day. Amen. Can, do we want to walk like that? Absolutely. Why do we want to walk like that? Because this world isn't fair. There's all kind of stuff going on in our world. And if I trust in myself, if I push in the arm of the flesh, I'm probably going to fail. But if I put my trust in the Lord, the potential of a testimony is right there in front of me every time I put my trust in the Lord. And I like to get testimonies. And I, I, I would prefer them to come quicker mostly than they do. But there's something to be said about, yes, Lord, and I'm not, not I, there's nowhere else to go, Lord, but you. You have the words of life. You're the one that breathes. And the reason I can breathe, everybody take a deep breath. What an example of life that every time he speaks, it's breath. And it keeps us. It sustains us. It's where the joy of the Lord becomes our strength. Amen. So when, we, when you hear Christians talk about spiritual warfare, amen, this is how Jesus shows us how to do it, spirit warfare, fruit of the Spirit. Binding the devil? Okay. He was bound 2,000 years ago. And I'm not preaching against all of the stuff that we do to try to you know, do spiritual warfare. But if you're going to do spiritual warfare like Jesus did spiritual warfare, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Let me read this to you. This will help you. Amen. Um, Galatians 5.16. Let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense craving hinder your self-life from dominating you. Anybody want the Spirit of God to hinder your self-life from dominating you? So then, the two incom incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you yield to the life of the spirit, you will no longer be living under the law. That critical eye goes. No more critical eye, no more. But soaring above it. 
You're not judging anything no more. You don't have to. You're not, pull, you're not pulled into that tree of knowledge of good and evil trying to measure everything. You're soaring above it in the spirit. So Galatians 5, 16, it says it this way. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Now, this, this is going to help everybody because all of us are falling short. All of us has messed up. All of us, if we're going to measure the flesh, the person we look at in the mirror, that guy is messed up. Notice what it says. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing the things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred to those who get in your way. Anybody ever been in your way before? Senseless arguments, uh, resentment with others who are favored, tempered tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions. Anybody ever thought your opinion was valid? Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So if, if, if we're justifying the fact, yeah, I'm flawed, but I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Christ, well, that's a true statement. But here, if you justify that and hold on to that and let that keep working in your life, you cannot walk in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Is that helping you? It's not that God don't, he won't quit on you. If you're going to still trust in the arm of the flesh, he'll let you do that till you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And, and, and finally, eventually you'll say, I've trusted in this long enough. This, this fleshly satisfaction don't mean nothing no more. Help, Lord. And that's when he comes suddenly to his temple, his house, so he can establish his rules. Amen? Which are the best rules. Verse 22. But the fruit produced the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Now, if you really want to win the battle, catch these next verses. In all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Does it sound like warfare? Peace that subdues, patience that endures. Sound like warfare, y'all? Sound like the enemy can't do nothing with that, can he? Kindness in action, a, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails. Come on, if I agree with Jesus, the enemy ain't got to... He's already beat, y'all. The only reason he has an in route to me is I don't agree with God. When I start, when I stop hosting the lies that I'm entertaining by my Christianity, the enemy, can't, he's got to go. Y'all tracking? True spiritual warfare is set yourself up to experience the truth that makes you free. Amen? Just read until you hear that. I, I felt like the, reading these verses would help you. Faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. In other words, never position yourself to be one that measures with a critical eye. Because the moment you start measuring things from your idea of what equals good, you take away the limitlessness of God's spirit at work. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion. Wow. We're talking about doing war now, aren't we? 
for everything connected with us and our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. He's already won the battle, and I'm still letting flesh come in and do what flesh wants to do. And he already beat it for me. What he's saying is you, you, you ain't ever going to beat the flesh. He, 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 he done the battle. He's already beat it. He's, trust, he's asking me to trust him, and he's asking you to trust him that when someone is unkind to you, you be kind back. When you're, getting, you're not being, getting any mercy, you give mercy anyway. And when you do that, you're conveying to him that you trust the fact that he already was crucified for us. It's not about me no more. It's not about you no more. If this spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our life. Are y'all getting this? <sighs> so, he just wants everybody that we come in contact with to know that this is his house. The rules are already in play. That if you're the house of God and I'm the house of God, we know that we belong to him and we know our identity is a steward of the manifold grace of God and a minister of reconciliation, and we know who we are. Amen? And every relationship in my life is valid. Regardless if they accept Christ or not, God placed you there because he's chasing after them. <laughs> and he wants me and you to chase after some interesting people in our path. Because he is in love with them. And, 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 and the only way you can share that love that he has for them is have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. And agree with what he says about them that you can't see in the moment. And the moment I agree with what he, what he says about them, without seeing vision, oh my goodness, I see it. Sounds like something only God could do, isn't it? If God don't do it, it ain't going to be done. And he set the parameters. Amen. I, uh, I remember just a quick, a quick testimony, and I want to get to the second point and close. But I remember when my wife and I were in business, and we had Lowe's Carpet Warehouse. We did designer rugs, too. And so... I had told a customer that um, their carpet was coming in. We'd have the designer where it built for them and delivered on a certain day because that's what I'm getting. I'm getting the information from the manufacturer, and they're telling me, and I'm, I'm just forwarding it ahead to them. But they kept delaying, and then delivery got, and it was just a messed up situation. And my guy just got, man, he was just upset. And so he comes in, and uh, uh, I mean, he gives me a chewing out. And... And um, I know the Lord had already told me that when you go to work, son, I want you to encourage people. And I'm thinking, Lord, you got to help me encourage him. I need encouragement so I can give it away right now. But the scenario made it look like I was deceiving and telling him untruths. And, and, and then the Spirit of God says, now, okay, he, 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 didn't get, he don't want it no more. He's through with it. Y'all take that rug and whatever. And the Lord said, no, you give it to him. And let him know, man, I apologize. And so the Lord, I, I did what I heard the Lord say. And, uh, and I let him know, hey, man, I'm sincere. But we're, we want to give this to you. We'll come 
set it up for you, make sure everything, and we, you don't owe us nothing. So he, 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 it's like he stopped, just like he walks out to his car to get in it, and he stopped, and he stands there. <laughs> I'm looking at the, he's standing there, he shuts the door and comes right back in. And the, the Lord diffused that thing. And I found out then that the fruit of the Spirit was true spiritual warfare. And that my relationship with that man took another level. That it couldn't, it couldn't have gotten there had that event happened. Are y'all tracking? And so something that I felt like was, man, it was big, it was over the top for me. It's like ugly, ugly, ugly. You know, and I'm feeling like I failed him and I'm, I'm, I'm oh man, it's going to be bad advertisement. Oh, everything looked so bad. And the Lord opened my eyes and showed me, no, son, for me to reach him and for you and him to connect, <laughs> as people that live in this city together, ugly had to happen so that he'd find out something about you that he don't have and then you can give it away. Right? Spiritual warfare. Fruit of the Spirit. That was a quick example, but I need to move to point number two. Amen. When we know who we are in Christ, we're able to, number two, host the gifts of the Spirit. Host the gifts of the Spirit. So important, y'all catch this as we close here in the next few moments, is that that's the only way you can minister reconciliation. Matter of fact, you're going to find out in a few next few moments, the only way the church can be built is the gift of the Spirit must be in operation. Not just a few of them, but all of them. All of them, all nine. All right? Quickly read a few passages here. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Why the gifts of the Spirit? My fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. Reading from the passage translation. For you know full well that when you were unbelievers, you were often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols. Well, Pastor, we're not worshiping no idols. Okay, well, idols can come in many different ways, like something like food, money, sex, power. Uh, and the list keeps going, which are incapable of talking with you. Does money ever talk to anybody? The spirit behind it, mammon does, don't it? So are we, are we, or as we serve, rather, others to be reconciled to Jesus, our part is very, very easy. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That, that's, that's a huge that's a huge statement right there, that I can't even confess he's Lord but by the Holy Spirit. Now, I can, I can confess he's Lord without receiving the Holy Spirit because I'm hanging around people that are living a life that I want to live. But if you want to live the life and actually be able to say it like you've been filled with his Spirit, it takes the Holy Spirit for you to actually believe that he's Lord. Otherwise, you won't follow him. You'll just get sucked into a form without any power. And the fruit of that will show up. Does everybody agree that's, that's a true statement? Didn't get an amen on that one. We need God. And so, 1 Corinthians 12, 4. 
this is important. Paul is, Paul is trying to express to the people in, in, in Rome that it took a preacher that was sent by God to preach to you in order for you to hear so that you could believe and receive. It says it right there in Romans 10. But prior, we get in that, we, we take the verse and we say, well, if anyone confesses the Lord, they're saved. Peter said the same thing in Acts chapter 2, but gave them the house rules when he said it. And Paul is referring to Peter's message in Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10. Amen. And he even preaches the same message in Acts 19, but he's letting them know how it happened. He's writing to believers in Romans 10. You have to be filled with the Spirit in order to talk like you're the one that saves you. And so, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Verse 7, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same by that one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits discerning spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues unknown tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Every one of those gifts of the Spirit are valid and important in order for this to happen. Verse 26, what then shall I say, brethren and sisters, when you come together, each of you have a hymn and a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation, Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. God has set you up to know that you belong to him. And that in knowing that you belong to him, you yield to the identity he's given to you as sons and daughters to be stewards of the manifold grace of God and ministers of reconciliation. As ministers of reconciliation... Every one of us has been given gifts. And in order for the church and this community to be impacted, those gifts must be in operation. The idea, all oh, that was for them back then, that's not for us today, is a lie that's being entertained in our religious world today, our Christian world. The gifts of the Spirit are very, very, very important for us if we're to grow up in Him and for the church to become who He says they are. You can't get away from it because it impacts the lives of those. The sinners that come in, when the gifts of the Spirit are operating correctly, they will fall down and confess that God is real. And while people are being born again, I can tell you, y'all, ladies and gentlemen, this works today. It was, it was why, God, why God uses any of us. And, I, and I, I'm going to tell you that from, from my When I look back in my life, the enemy convinced me God can't use me. But if I'll trust him with the fact that he already won the battle and that anything in my past belongs to him, and this is encouraging to everyone else, that if we'll just agree with him and let him be Lord, he'll be Lord. 
and he'll take whatever availability we give him. And while I was praying one, one day, amen, the Lord prompted me to go. And I've said this to a few of you, but he began to reveal to me. He said, son, that's what the ministry of reconciliation does. I'm prompted to go to a lady's house before daybreak out of prayer. And, of course, another minister went with me. We knocked on the door. She's looking for her revolver because she's ready to take her life. She's convinced she's not worthy and that God don't love her. Anybody ever been there before? But the gifts of the Spirit operate. Word of knowledge came to me. Amen. And he said, now go. And when she saw Tim Bourne and myself standing at that door, she broke down weeping and in that living room she said i went i couldn't find out where i know where i put it i was there i was trying to get it done and, and it was like it disappeared and in that living room she is filled with what was happening ladies and gentlemen oh okay man you're a powerful man no no god's a powerful god if, if, if you know yeah every one of us is powerful if we agree with him had you not done that no well had he not god not loved me enough to get me through my hard-headedness he'd have used somebody else if, if, he, if we're not going to let him use it he'll find someone that'll let him our community is depending on to get over yesterday and let him show you how that no one no one can stand before him and point the finger at anybody no one have I wanted to point the finger at people? Oh, man, yeah. But in his presence, you can't do that because he already paid that off. That debt was paid for. Whether they accept it or not is up to them. They choose life or they choose death. But I can't stand before him and be him say, well done. Well done is I agreed with the fact that I know I belong to him. I know that I'm a steward of the manifold grace of God. I know that I am a minister of reconciliation. And because I became available, because you become available, the hope that will flow out of you to the next person because you're experiencing the one that reconciled you. You're experiencing the one that gave you grace you didn't deserve because he loves you. He can't hurt you. The only pain and hurt that comes to me is my rejection of him. I choose to get beat up. He wants me to trust him so that when it looks like I'm about to be beat up, it was like, oh, for the glory to be revealed? Dude, bring it on. Amen. I'm not going to, my goodness. Whatever the challenge is, when you see the glory on the other side, is bring on some more. Everyone in this room has been called by God to host him on a level that his fruit and his gifts can manifest everybody you have the nature of your heavenly father in your dna your potential is wow how can i say that because i'm telling you he's working with a mess here he's working with someone that needs him every moment of every day when i look back on my past i blush but I have to make a choice. Am I going to let my past hold me? Or am I going to let the Lord take me and keep working on me?
until he's finished. Come on. He needs, he needs that past you got. He needs the past that you don't like because that's key for you becoming who he, he's in love with. That should set some people free here today. Does anybody feel stuck in your Christianity? You don't have to raise your hand. But as we all stand right now, if we'll all stand and honor to our daddy, if you feel stuck in your Christianity, it's because Christ really isn't there where he wants to be. And he's waiting on us to stop fearing our past and start letting, stop letting anxiety and frustration and the list goes on of things hold us captive. He's asking us in the moment where we are to accept the fact that he's already won the battle. He's already bound the enemy and that our agreement with him and our experience of his presence the baptism of his spirit and fire is going to pole vault you into a place of knowing that you belong to him. Knowing that you are a minister of reconciliation. You are a steward of the manifold grace of God. And you're going to get multiple opportunities. You may not want them, but you're going to get multiple opportunities to let him steward grace through you and reconciliation but you can do it if you know you belong to him and if you know you belong to him the title of the message his house his rules you want fulfillment you want the kingdom of God to just righteousness peace and joy in the spirit to have his house his rules but if I give him an ear and I'll agree with him I can see what I didn't see before. And all of a sudden, that storm's not as ugly no more because there's beautiful things on the other side. Does anybody need the promise today? Anybody figured out, oh, that's why he said, you stay right here until you be endowed with power. Then you can go be my witness. Then you can be my house. Then I can be glorified. And so, as the Lord said 2,000 years ago, before he went to the cross, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was prophetic. Because in Acts 2, that prophecy he gave, it came like a rushing mighty wind and fire fell and nations were impacted. And we're being impacted today. It belongs to you. Father, thank you for your word. It makes a difference in all of our lives. Had we not had you, we would not make it. We can't get from one place to the next without you. We depend on you, Daddy. So I thank you right now, Lord, for embracing everyone in this room as your children. You can't hurt anybody. You can only love. You can only encourage. You can only build up. Part eight to the promise. Whew. If anybody want more Jesus, would you just come forward if you want more Jesus? Amen. Just you and Daddy. When you're in the throne room of your, 
your daddy, the king, you always leave with a gift. Anything you need from heaven? As they begin to sing, make your way down here and get everything daddy has for you. You're so awesome. God bless you.